Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of You're the Best podcast. My name is Gina, and I'm the host of You're the Best. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening or watching my show today. This is episode 10. This is big. I've, I've made it to 10 episodes. I'm pretty proud. Haven't given up yet, and I hope you all are enjoying all of my episodes. If you want to be on, let me know. If you have a topic you want to hear, let me know. <laughs> Um, I hope everybody's having a great week. It has been very humid and wet in the Northeast, which is not my favorite, but we're making do. So I hope mm-hmm. hope the weather's better where you are. <laughs> um, my guest tonight is someone that I've known for a long time, just like most of my guests. I haven't been in touch with her for a little while, but always on social media, which is great. Um, she's a really great person. I've had some great conversations with her, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about what she's been up to. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. No I know it's amazing. Thank God for social media. Thank God Thank for God. social media that we can all stay connected. Seriously. Seriously. I know. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know that a lot has happened since high school. I mean, a lot. We're adults now. <laughs> yes. 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 And yes. you're currently pregnant, which is so good. Congratulations. I'm so excited yes. for you. Thank you. We were talking about thank that you, a little bit you. before we started. So we well, were just catching well, up on yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, I really yeah. want to hear like how everything started with you, because I know you have... I don't know what term you like better. Do you like a counselor or a therapist? Which one do you like better? Yeah. So I identify as a therapist, right? But my technical title is a licensed clinical social worker. So that's what I actually received my undergraduate in and my um, master's in. So um, yeah, but you know, whether you're a psychologist a professional counselor, whatever it might be, we all just fall under that umbrella of therapist. Okay, good. Because I didn't know how to like introduce that. So. <laughs> okay. So no I'll worries. just use therapist. No therapist is good. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So is there something that you're grateful for today and every day? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) You know what? Truthfully, I will tell you that I I have to say it's, I'm like, oh, there's so many things. Let me just tell you, first and foremost, I practice gratitude all the time. I'm like, oh, there's so many things I'm grateful for. Right. Like I love it. I love it all. I love my family. I love my health. I love all these things. I have to say something that I'm really grateful for, especially right now is just um, really it goes back to my female tribe, right? It's like, I am so grateful for the women that are in my life. I'm so grateful for the women that I'm reconnecting with. I'm so grateful just for all that feminine energy that's going to be around me and my daughter as like, we continue to grow, you know, that's something to be really grateful for. You need that. You need that tribe. Totally. Definitely. Well, my, my gratitude this week is just, it it should be that my husband is getting healthier, which I'm, I'm thankful for, but it's really for <laughs> that I have the flexibility 
with my job now. And I'm really thankful for my manager. She's just like, he got sick and I was like, I can't come in. She's like, okay, I hope he feels better. And she just didn't give me shit about it. You know, not a lot of people have a good manager. So like, that's honestly my gratitude because I'm very thankful that I have some flexibility in my life and I can work through it and I can take care of her, not worrying about if my job's in jeopardy right now. So Amanda, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) So you knew that's what you wanted to do when you went to school? Uh, No, I actually went to, (laughs) no, not at all. Um, Funny story. So I went into college uh, for chemical engineering, um, which was like, I mean, and I remember, and and really, you know, it's funny, in high school, I did have an interest in the sciences, right? I liked chemistry. Um, you know, I was always kind of trying to figure out when I went to college, what would be some ways that I could then turn that into a more profitable, you know, venture or career for myself. Um, and I went for my freshman year, and I ended up just finding myself I just think super lost, right? I think freshman year is challenging anyways in college because there's such an independence, right? And you're like, woohoo, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I'm letting loose, I'm going wild. And and my wild wasn't even as wild as some people, right? But even <laughs> still, I think that there was just, right? Like, I think that there was still just a, a part of me that was like, what am I doing, right? And so yeah. I ended up transferring, believe it or not, because I was like, I want to help people. I want to help people. And I transferred to WestCon and I went to WestCon for nursing. And I was in like, you know, some nursing prereq classes for the first semester that I was there. It was my sophomore year, the first, like the fresh, what is it? Fall semester. Mm-hmm. I was there and I remember, I'm not even kidding. You, I was in a, um, a lecture hall And this overwhelming panic just like came over me. And I think that it just was like this, I don't know, right? Like I'm a spiritual person. I was like, it's God, the universe, whatever, just kind of intervening in that moment. I like walked out Wow. and I found myself like sitting on a bench in the courtyard being like, what am I doing with my life? Right? Like, I want to help people. Do I really want to be a nurse? You know, am I? am I really prepared? I mean, listen, I give nurses, oh my gosh, the utmost respect and credit. They're phenomenal, phenomenal human beings. Um, with that being said, I just didn't know if I wanted to be that exposed to some of the just everyday traumas, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, but like, it's a lot. No, it's a lot. Being, like, yes, I, I yeah. couldn't do it. I um, li- give props to all those people that can. You're better than I am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Seriously, amazing. Doctors, nurses, physicians, assistants, midwives, I give them so much credit. Um, but it was funny because one of my roommates at that time, was going into social work. And she said, why don't you just come check out a class? And I said, okay, I fell in love. I mean, literally within that first class, I fell in love. I was like, okay, let me just continue to explore this. I'm not going to commit to anything. And here we are after getting my bachelor's in social work and then my master's in social work and then getting licensed in the state of Connecticut. And I have to tell you, I could never imagine another profession for myself. That's great. Not many people can say that, <laughs> honestly. 
because everyone's just like, no, especially right when you get out of high school, like, what the fuck do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I want to do? Yeah. So it's yeah, cool that you absolutely. actually had the opportunity to go through the phases like, oh, I want to be this. No, I don't. Oh, I'm probably going to be this. No, I'm not going to. So it's nice that you found where you want it to be. Sure, sure. I don't know if my parents felt that same way, right? Like, I, I think that, like, you know, when I when I finally got into it, you know, here's my father. He was like in IT in the business world. Here was my mom, who was like a director of like the Catholic Center. So I think she understood a little bit more in regards to helping people. Yeah. But here's my sister, who was going to school, who's two years older than me, for like marketing and journalism and, you know, public relations kind of pieces. And I, and I don't think they fully understood, but I'll tell you, they were extremely supportive. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I honestly think that if they had pushed back, it would have been a lot harder. Oh yeah. Didn't. So I got to give them props, right? Yeah. Good for Sometimes. them. <laughs> you know, but in that sense, in yeah. that sense. <laughs> no, yes, yes, good for yeah, them. Yeah, because of course, of course, you yes. have to let your kid like choose what makes them happy. Like, there's no point in yeah. forcing somebody to do something that you want them to do in life, not just yeah. your kids, your significant other, your friends, like you, yeah. if, if anybody yeah. is ever trying to force you to do something or be someone you don't want to be, then there's no point. There's no point. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's funny because my husband had a very different experience in high school where I don't know if you got the vibe in Mastic, but like we, I felt like we're always kind of pushed in the college direction. Right. And like mm -hmm. my husband and he grew up in Jersey, my husband was like, my, he remembers very vividly his high school counselor saying to him, eh, I just really don't think that you're like fit for college. Like you're just not the right oh. match for college. Oh. And so what was interesting is yeah, not even yeah. community like, college. She should have been fired. <laughs> no, not even no, community just, college. Like that's what our counselors no, would say. No. You know what? Why don't you try a community college first? <laughs> then you can see where you want to go. No, it was just straight. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think that you're the right fit. Right. Oh. And what's interesting is that he really, I mean, talk about someone who then said, okay, I'm going to put myself into vocational school go into the machinist world and is now working as a programmer at Sikorsky. I mean, wow. like, you know, it's amazing how that educational piece, I think in some, you know, communities, socioeconomic status, whatever was so pushed, but then here's my husband. And we've had conversations about that more recently about, you know, the importance of education to us, but also how, like our little one, our daughter is, you know, may not learn in the same way as someone else and how we can support her. And she's yeah. not even in this world yet. Right. And right. we're already having those conversations. That's really nice. That's, that's good work for you guys. <laughs> like good job automatically is, just like is, having that in your brain. So good for you. That's a great yeah, start yeah. to being a for parent. Anyone who's wondering, this is water, not yeah. water, not wine. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. No judgment cheer, here, people. Cheers, no cheer judgment. Wine. I know. Cheers, 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 your pregnancy. Cheers. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but that's that's amazing. I'm really glad that you found something that you're passionate about and that you yeah. enjoy doing every day. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So did you work for somebody say, yeah. like right when you got out? Yeah. So I, um, oh man, that job history is so fun, right? So 
I, I mean, you don't need for, to go through um, your whole resume, but <laughs> I know, I know. No, you know, what? I started out my career, believe it or not, working with children and adolescents. Um, but it was, and they were in, you know, it was the New Milford kind of Danbury area. And then when I was going for my master's, I stayed with the same company. Um, but the really beautiful thing was they allowed me to do work study uh, or not work study. I'm, I don't know how to describe it, but they allowed me to basically work, keep my position, but move up technically so that I could clinically um, uh, challenge myself a little bit more. Cool. So it, it helped because a lot of people who go for pro um, master's programs, I feel like don't have that opportunity, right, to be able to say, you know, I can work at the same time because it's being put towards yeah. uh, as an internship, right? And so... Yeah. I was very, very fortunate in that way. And then after working with kids and adolescents, I was like, forget this. I mean, listen, I love my teens and I have teen clients right now. Kids are a different ballpark. They just are. Yeah. Yeah. They just are. I just, I have a hard time thinking about kids in therapy, like smaller children, because it's like yeah. a lot of times they do not have the mental capacity to deal with some of the things and they can't communicate it properly to you. So you don't want to tell them or suggest to do one thing if like that's really not the underlying issue because you'll never know. Like I just, I don't know, like I, I have a stepson, you know, I'm, I've known him since he was three and a half and he was, mm -hmm. you know, put into therapy a couple times and I was just like, this has got to be the hardest thing because he I've seen him in sessions like he's not sharing what's going on. So how as a professional are you yeah. supposed to tell what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. Sure. It's really hard. So it's I'm I'm right there with you. Like that would be a harder yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also hearing really horrible stories and then being like, I now have to go home. You know what I mean? At the end of the day and not carry that with me. So I think that oh, that was God. always really challenging. Yeah. I mean, it was really challenging, right? I worked with children who had gone through emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. And and then you also had some children who just were, you know, biologically, they were predisposed to certain mental health issues, chaotic lifestyles, right? And homes, you know, especially when I was working in Bridgeport and yeah. dealing with a lower socioeconomic community, mm -hmm. that was really challenging, right? Yeah. That was really challenging also because... I was coming in and, and there was this kind of expectation of like, well, I need you to trust me, but why would they? Right. Like yeah. that was, I, I did not grow up in the same environment. I was just going to um, say, it must, it's hard to relate yeah. when you don't grow up in the same environment. <laughs> so it's like, 100%. all right. So I have to learn all that and then learn all about them. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, no, it was, it was a ton. It was a ton. And I think also just always those safety concerns too of, we were going into looking back at it. I'm like, wow, even in my job environment, there were some really shady, scary moments. And I was very thankful that I had a male partner in my team because I think if we had been, even though as women, we rule the world, I, I think there was some reassurance and, and comfort in, in knowing that like, I had a little bit of backup there yeah. in case I was feeling really unsafe, right? Just even yeah. walking from one house down the street to another house and being inappropriately talked to, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So I think. Yeah. It's a completely it's just, different it, it's world. Stuff like that. 
It really is. It is. We grew up in the suburbs. It that's is for that's sure. a city. I, I lived there for Ugh. like six years. I <laughs> yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. It is a culture shock when because yeah. you know you you hear about things, but until you like live there or experience that 100%. environment, you're like, oh wow, this is really what it is. It's it's intense. So absolutely. It and is, I knew when I was, when I was but, living there, I used to see like little, little kids walking themselves to school, like blocks away. And I'm just like, damn, man, could you imagine? Like, you know, who knows no. what the situation is? Maybe like it's a single mom and she's got to work seven jobs to keep everything afloat. So, you know, like sure. it could be so sure. many different things. And it's just like, it was tough to just see. So I can only imagine how you felt, you know, talking to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think with those experiences, you become a little bit, I don't want to say, I wouldn't say jaded, but I would say that you become a little bit more desensitized that I really was like, if, if I want to have children one day, seriously, before I even knew I struggled with infertility, but I was like, <laughs> if I want to have children, <laughs> if I want to have children one day, um, I need to get out of this field. Right. And so, yeah. um, I had a complete different experience. Um, and I was working, um, at Silver Hill hospital, um, in their dual diagnosis inpatient. So I was working with CEOs, celebrities, um, you know, anyone you could basically imagine who had wealth, who was very entitled, right. Mm -hmm. That was now who I was working with. And there were adults, but I will tell you it, opened up my world to, if we don't intervene sometimes with the younger ones, what do they then become? Yeah. Right. That's so it tough. was this, oh, it was very tough. like <laughs> parallel in some ways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Um, but I think that there was actually something that after a while, you know, you go from being in this social worker role, you know, on an inpatient unit to a, a higher socioeconomic status or celebrity status. And it starts going from, I'm doing some case management and running therapeutic groups to now you're perceiving me as like, like your assistant. And that was like a wake up call to me of, I need to get out of here. Yeah, this no. is not actually the population I want to yeah. work with. So I shifted, went back to Bridgeport and worked at Bridgeport Hospital on their psychiatric unit. That was probably way and better that than was... that. <laughs> it's like serious trauma. Like, that's what did I just do? Serious <laughs> trauma because people are treating me like shit. Now I'll just go to maybe normal people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you that was a lot of the... Um, the homeless population, right, who was coming in, and I think also seeking shelter, um, because of the certain like weather conditions, but also some pretty significant mental health issues. And I think what you kind of walk away from that is saying, do will this burn me out in the long run? And that kind of opened my eyes up to private practice. And I ended up having a really beautiful opportunity to transition to um, working in a group practice, and then something just kind of shifted in me where I was like, why am I paying someone else to get my intakes or do certain things when I could be managing this on my own? So in 2016, yeah, I opened up my own practice. 
Congratulations. That's awesome. Congrats. That's that's Thank a huge you. accomplishment. It was. It, it still is to this day. It is, you know, other than, of course, being married and being pregnant and having my fur babes. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a true accomplishment, but it's such, it's such a, a moment of pride for me, right? Because there's something, and I mean, even with like your podcast, right? There's something really beautiful when you're like, I'm in, I'm in control. Um, but I'm also making changes that other people would have maybe put barriers or boundaries around. And I don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Yes. It's very right? nice right? running yeah. your own show. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's so great though. Like I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Did Thank you start you. with just you. you or did you have like some people you yeah. already wanted to bring in or it was I was solo. I was like a I was a solo cup over there, girl. I was like, <laughs> and I, and the funny thing is I never wanted to be a group practice. Believe it or not, I would see friends. I would see other therapists. Basically, I will tell you, most of my friends are therapists. They're in like the therapy world somehow. <laughs> um, but like, I was seeing them. I've seen how much energy they were putting into things. And I was like, I'm good, right? Like, I've got this. I'm good. And what's really beautiful, and I'm very grateful, right? Like, I think when you know you're good at something, and I don't mean that in like a egotistical or narcissistic way, right? But like, I love what I do. I know that I'm good at what I do. And I know that I'm always challenging myself to be better at what I do. Right? Right. And when that word gets out for from other clients and you start getting all these referrals in at one point, what was challenging was I, I didn't want to say no anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up hiring on actually so funny, like two months before the pandemic hit my first therapist who's been working with me, her name is Heather. And we have just been rolling from there. And I now have two other therapists who work underneath me, uh, Kristen and Sergina. And cool. I have to say they're all phenomenal. Um, but we didn't expect for a pandemic to hit and for mental health services to blow up, if I'm being completely honest, right? Yeah. yeah. Huge in the last year. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. So it's a good yeah. thing you did expand yeah. then. <laughs> good timing. I mean, shitty it timing, is. but also good timing. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. I would sit there and I would say like to people, they'd be like, well, how's business? And I was like, I mean, it's wonderful, but I feel really bad saying that because there's a <laughs> lot of people who are coming to me because they're so anxious, right? And, um, and they feel so very horrible this... about themselves, but I'm doing great. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. it's so tough, right? It's it's, yeah. it's this double-edged sword and you're just like, you know, but I'm, I will tell you, I'm glad that we are able to continue to just service the community um, and just provide that support because it's still going on. You know yeah. what I mean? It's still going on. Um, it's funny because as I've heard some of your fabulous guests before me, there's been this theme of, <laughs> and you've talked about it very openly, but this beautiful theme of anxiety, right? Oh, yeah. Which is one of my specialty places along with women's issues. Um, and so it's, it's so, 
for one thing, I have to tell you what I love about your podcast is that you're just talking so openly about it. Cause I'm like, there's still the stigma, I think for a lot of people to say, Ooh, like, I'm just really nervous. You have yeah. anxiety. Ooh, don't say that. I don't think I have anxiety. Don't say that. It's like, yeah. it's not a curse word, you know? It's not, it's not more people need to open up about it mm-hmm. because if more yeah. people open up, it would just be like, Oh wait, we all have it. It's at different degrees, but we all yes. have this bullshit going on in our heads. Cause that's what it feels like. It just feels sure. like all this nonsense all the time. And being a parent Absolutely. doesn't help. So just, just keep that in mind in a couple months. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. Oh yeah. I, I got you. I got you on that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. but also like, no, absolutely. I feel like a lot of these, a lot of people from the pandemic, I feel like they already had it before and this just heightened it. So I feel like maybe they're more open now to help yes. and support, which is a good thing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, I agree with that. You know, I'm seeing definitely in cases more recently an uptick in teens, working with a lot of teens, they're seeking a lot more support. And I'll tell you, you know, connection is so ingrained in us as human beings. And for a lot of these like kids, teens, I mean, even adults, right? I think that as adults, we adapted a little bit better, keyword a little bit, right? (laughs) Um, But I think that, (laughs) I think that these, these teens having to do the distance learning, you know, school piece has really left mark. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now when I'm getting these calls from parents saying, I need my teen scene, I'm like, okay, well, we're offering like teletherapy, but we also have some in-office um, hours available. They're jumping on the in office because these kids are like, I'm, I'm over it. I don't want to yeah. look at a screen anymore. And I get it. Right. Like, yeah, I think we can all understand that. There's a huge disconnect, huge disconnect. And even though we're, huge. we're seeing each other, we could still pick up on the body cues, the signals, all of that. Mm-hmm. And there is just, there's just something different. And even like for my podcast, like I'm, i I prefer everybody to be here, but like, obviously not everybody could be here, but like, it's just so much, you know, I don't know. You could, I don't know. It just feels better. You, it's just a different experience. So I can, I can imagine how a lot of people are coming in in their teen years right now, or even younger talking about that. And also like technology is so advanced. Like a lot of these teens, like they're growing up with things given to them things that we've had to like work Mm. through and it's like it's great in one hand but in another hand it's like okay but like did do you know how this happened do you know how we got to this place do you know (laughs) do you know the awkward years you had to go through before you could just have all this information (laughs) yep absolutely absolutely nobody censors anything like parents just give them here's your kids there's no parental controls here's your phone there's no parental control. Like I did it with my, my daughter. She's one, she's almost two and she has her iPad. I didn't turn on the parental controls because I was like, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, you know? And then when she gets where older, did she I'll, go, Gina? That's the question. Nowhere. Where'd she go with that? Nowhere. She loves YouTube. <laughs> she loves Blippy, but like it, oh it's gosh. funny because it plays those type of shows. It doesn't even offer anything else. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so she doesn't That's really get to decide. So it's like, there's so much going on with technology. So that's why I'm saying like technology plays such a huge role and it's like, they love it, but 
when it comes to education, oh, and yeah. there's no replacement, I feel like. And it's weird because I'm oh, in college doing online classes and I would much prefer to do them online and teach myself. Absolutely. But I feel like those core years, you just need to be in person. You need it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I think that um, it's funny that you say that. I think for one thing, I'm grateful, right, that kids, teens, some adults are so good with technology, right? I think that um, it would make my job, especially doing, you know, teletherapy right now, so much more challenging. Um, But I will say, it's funny that you say that because, you know, even some of, I think the issues that are coming up for some of these teenagers, um, especially, you know, the ones have been coming more so through now, you know, you said it so well, we all went through those awkward times, but I think it was just so different because, you know, it's really weird when I think about this, but like when I had a cell phone in high school, it was a straight up flip phone. Yeah. And oh yeah. It was like you, you oh, had yeah. like minutes because my parents like didn't want to pay for like an actual plan <laughs> for us. Okay. So like Call that was like an emergency eight. phone. It's free like, after eight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think like for me, I just sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I even think about like for our own daughter and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is technology going to even look like for her? It just, I mean, you're kind of in that same boat, right? Like it's going to probably just surpass us even more so, but it is amazing because I will tell you, um, there's such a resilience that comes from the, I think, awkward years that we all went through, right? Mm -hmm. Like our generation. that they're just not, you know, they're not going to always experience at this point. And yes, it's, it's some parenting pieces there, right? You know, that whole dynamic and piece of our parents, I don't want my child to have to struggle. Our parents were fucked up too. I mean, they're like, parents are just in general all the time. They're all imperfect. Sure, sure, sure. A hundred percent. I mean, not to be like mean or anything, but like, like, it doesn't matter what generation you're in. Parents will be messed up. <laughs> sure. A hundred percent. Right. Like it's gen, it's that generational line, unfortunately, where it just, our parents' stuff was passed to them by their parents. Which, I mean, this is generational, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we always have the choice of how do we cut that off? Um, which is a lot of the work that I do with my clients these days, you know, especially, you know, when I'm doing trauma work, which is a huge, I know it's so weird to say, but like a huge passion place for me. I mean, it's, it's understandable though, because you want to help somebody, you want to help them get through a really tough time in their life. And who doesn't want to be responsible for helping someone who doesn't want to be a part of that process. So I can understand how you are passionate about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that also trauma work has taken such a shift and it's moved to, um, body work and it's kind of being more outside of the box instead of just like sitting in a room and telling your therapist every single thing that went wrong or happened in your life. Right. Like I don't even do that with my own clients. I practice EMDR and it's like, I'm a nerd about it. You know what I mean? Like, I love that therapy technique. EMDR. Okay. Ready? Are you ready for this? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's eye movement. 
desensitization and reprocessing. So through, um, but I'm like, how do I? I'm sorry, I'm picturing someone being like. <laughs> but 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 exactly, but no, exactly what you just did. So what yeah. you just did is bilateral stimulation. So when you move your eyes back and forth, it's sending signals to the brain for the brain to process the information that you are either talking about, whether it's from the past or even present, and to reprocess it appropriately into the brain instead of getting stuck when we have trauma it gets stuck in the back of the brain near the amygdala which is why people who have ptsd have such a fight flight or freeze response because think of it as like it was trauma that was never worked through or they worked through it and it was like talk therapy and they really didn't get anything out of it mm -hmm. and emdr is so beautiful because it's like we're taking that trauma, we're bringing it back to the forefront of the brain again by processing it in a specific way. We're adding in that bilateral stimulation, which by the way, everyone, we do every single day when we walk one, mm -hmm. two, one, two, right? Mm -hmm. Our bodies are so used to it, but we don't think of it like that. But when we do the EMDR and we do that bilateral stimulation, it allows the brain to absorb the information appropriately where it was supposed to always absorb it and to not have it be a trigger. And ultimately you become desensitized to it. Um, wow. And that's just like my like simplest way of kind of describing it. And there's so many different branches now off of EMDR where you can like specifically work with people who struggle with addiction with EMDR, or you can work with people who have, um, dissociative identity disorder, which is like multiple personalities, right? With EMDR. So like wow. there it, it's expanded so much since the 1970s, which when it was founded by Francine Shapiro, which may she rest in peace. She was fabulous. <laughs> I'm sure she was. If I knew her, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I'd feel the same. <laughs> I, was I was like, she was the founder, was beautiful. I never knew uh. her personally, but you know. Um, but it sounds like so it's yeah, just I like mean, a more physical connection to your mind, which makes a lot of sense. Like for me, like if I go for a walk, I feel better about things. It's like you just, yeah, you do need that physical aspect. So that's really cool. You do. That's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. I love that. My next venture is to hopefully incorporate that into like drumming and doing like a little bit of a drum circle action with bilateral stimulation, um, cool. having a group of people. Um, so like, that's cool. I was thinking, or right? like, I was thinking about, or like for COVID guidelines, like, all right, let's not meet yeah. virtually. Let's not meet in the office. Let's go take a walk and talk about it. Like that's Absolutely. cool too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. No, it's super cool. It's super cool. And it's been, I've seen as a therapist and listen, like I was all about talk therapy. I'm like, okay, Gina, come into my office and let's talk, you know? <laughs> and I would talk about like skills and all these things. And then I was like, you know, this client's been like seeing me for like three years now. And we're like still kind of dealing with similar issues that we were a year ago or two years ago. And I just needed something different. Yeah. You know, I was like, I need to figure out different techniques. And um, I think body work has always been like really important to me. Um, we're just not tuned into our bodies enough. 
Right? No, so, definitely not. That's that's a huge part yeah. of life too. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. So I think like in that situation, I was really, you know, just when I went to my first training for EMDR, I was so excited because I remember walking away being like, this has me jazzed again, you know, yeah. like it just you need to find those things that get you excited. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been doing it since and that's just, that's just one of the tricks in the bag, <laughs> you know? So do you notice like, it works better. Is that why you continue to do it? It helps your clients more than just the talk therapy. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've had people who have come to me with trauma. We call it complex trauma, right? So that's when like, there's been, you know, it doesn't even have to just be like trauma all at one time. It could be, I had trauma in my childhood, my adolescence, my adulthood. And let's be real. Like when you have trauma at such a young age, let's just even say, <clears throat> That that um, neural pathway gets really sticky where every experience that you have, maybe not every, but most of those experiences that you have in life that turn out to be negative feel traumatic again, you know, because that that original trauma was never dealt with. Yeah. Um, so I've had people who come to me with really complex trauma. And I mean... I think about even some people who have had experiences in childhood of physical abuse and we've been able to clear it in four sessions. Wow. Wow. That's great. I mean, That's doesn't amazing. always, doesn't always take that little bit, but I'm telling you sometimes the brain, this is a really beautiful thing about our brains and this is for everyone to kind of hear, right? Like our brain does want to heal itself. Our brain wants to protect us. Even when we're feeling the most anxious days, it's actually our brain saying, Hey, listen, you're feeling really off. I want to bring this to your attention. Right. And then it's our place to then say, how do I cope and deal with it? Mm -hmm. Right. So our brains do want to heal and be whole and be peaceful. Um, and we just have to kind of do the work around that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. That definitely yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like a lot of times people are just they're in the mind frame maybe it's like from from years ago they're just like oh suck it up like this is life <laughs> yeah. and like that's how a lot of people just like push things away because we feel like oh this is just what life is about it's shitty sometimes yeah. and you deal with it and you're just supposed to move on and forget about it but I know yeah. from my own past experiences from childhood and different times in my life that like it's very hard to get rid of that that trauma sometimes. So. Absolutely. 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 You know, I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, right, like the fact that you're even willing to do the work on yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, is the first step always, you know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds so cliche. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, that's what any therapist would say. It's true. I pull out those <laughs> therapist one-liners. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to, you're, you're supposed it, you know, to be the one to say, I'm supposed things. to, <laughs> I know. but I think for me, especially like, you know, the people who are like, I really want to shift my perspective, or I want to not pass this down to my own child, right? When you do the work, it happens, you know, whatever work that is, if it is talk therapy, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I think 
there's just so many different techniques these days. You know, there's so many different options just for, I think, people when it comes to trauma, anxiety, depression. I think people need to exhaust them all, you know? You need to figure out. Just like when you went to school, you need to figure it out. You won't know unless you try it. Totally. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not telling all of you out there to go try heroin, but maybe, you know, a nice talk therapy session. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, maybe a glass of wine with a friend talking anything. (laughs) And therapy is therapy, right? Therapy is therapy. therapy. It's so true, though. It's so true. It is because sometimes I'll come in from a night hanging out with my friends like we're just drinking and eating off, you know, cheese and crackers and you just feel good about coming home. You feel like you got something off your chest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, that's that human connection piece, right? Like we need it, especially us as women, you know, I'll tell you my tribe of like women in my life has, has just continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm literally like, I just need it. You know what I mean? Like I love yeah. my husband. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I love him. I love him. Oh yeah. But if I didn't have my tribe, I always call it like our love tank, right? My husband makes up some of my love tank, but my other parts of my love tank that are made up are from my best friends my coworkers, my family members, you know, mm-hmm. strong, mostly strong women, right. That are yeah. in my life that give me that guidance because, you know, even as you and I were talking before the podcast, I'm like, you give me advice on how to raise a daughter, right? Like I, <laughs> I take it as it comes. Right. So I think, you know, it's, it's so important for us. I think, especially as women, which is also why I love working with women. Cause I'm just yeah. like, Oh, like, yeah. Some of the clients Definitely. that I have, like, honestly, these women are amazing. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> like, I know you got a lot of shit going on, but you're still great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously. Seriously. And it's funny because even, um, you know, as I've watched your podcast and I've seen some of these women that like I went to high school with, right. Or I've known since like middle school or I knew as family friends, I'm like, oh my gosh the resilience of all of us is amazing. I know. And I know I had a whole bunch of episodes about infertility because it's funny. Cause I did like a little like, Hey, if anybody wants to be on, let me know. And I had so many people that actually <laughs> wanted to talk about their journey through infertility totally. because totally. it's a huge thing. It's like so huge. Yeah. So huge. Yeah. And I know you also, it is you also experienced that. So what was, where did that fall into your career? (laughs) How did, how did like everything, because it's like, you're trying to help everybody else out, but like, how did that happen for you? Like, how, how was that? (laughs) You know, it was so funny. I, so I consider myself, um, so I'm friends with Simona, who I know you had had on a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her sometimes about the fact that like, you know, like I'm an OG of like fertility. Like I've been doing this for a while now, you know? Yeah. And we started in 2016 with IVF. Um, I just have really... <laughs> I really have like some funky eggs. Like I just have like some like little dud eggs. They're like very okay. like 
they're like really like lazy. I don't know. Mm. But with that being said, we had quite a journey ahead of us. And, you know, I never going through that process and going and honestly going through years, right? So we just got pregnant at the end of 2020, right? Like that was like truly the biggest blessing of 2020 for us. Definitely. Um, Congratulations on that too, because that's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She thanks you from in utero <laughs> as well. From in, from the inside. <laughs> from the inside. Um, so, you know, I think that like there was just this turning point where it was really challenging as a therapist to have clients coming in, talking to me about their kids and talking to me about their struggles as a parent and talking to me about how easy it was for them to get pregnant and having to stay professional. Right. Like, so that was like the biggest thing for me is like, God, yeah, well, there was a lot of breathing. There was a lot of breathing. Oh my God. And I think for me, I, I came to kind of like, so it's this theme, right? I have kind of these themes in my life where I'm like, you know, it's like a God intervention or it's a universe intervention, however you want to define it, right? Like I identify my higher power as God, everyone does their own thing. But it was this moment of, I said, I have these emotions and I have a choice of what I want to do with them, right? And I can either sit there and I can feel bad for myself and I can feel bad for mine and my husband's situation, or I can turn this around for other women struggling with infertility and really support and help them. That's a good aspect. And that was the route that I chose, right? Like that it was because I honestly will tell you that I think if I had not made that choice, I would have been in a really dark place. Definitely. Definitely. And I was, and I was, you know what I mean? Like I was doing my therapy. I was doing everything that I kind of needed to do. And I was hopped up on hormones and just a little bit, you know, just a little bit, <laughs> not like thousands of needles yeah, right? a bit or anything. No big deal. Right. No, I mean, listen, right. Let's take a sip to that one. Yeah. I know <laughs> it's just water, water but you can pretend like it's wine. But still, but still, um, it was such a turning point for me. And I, and I, I think that like the biggest piece was, it wasn't making me feel joyful, right? Like sitting there being angry at people. I didn't want to be that person anymore that my friends didn't want to say, oh, I'm pregnant. I didn't want to be that person that took that joy and I didn't want it to turn into like about me, right? And so that was like a really big piece of my journey. That was a huge turning point where I started to be like, I'm going to start working specifically with women who struggle with infertility. That's cool. I still do to this day. And I work with women going through perinatal and postpartum distress. And I mean, I I just, I don't know. I mean, for one thing, it it just speaks to the strength that we have as women, right? That we can go through some of these things and come out the other end and be like, I'm still strong as anything, right? Right. I'm still able to wake up, take care of my kids, go to the grocery store, lug them around everywhere. I'm still doing it. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that there was this other part of me that just, I didn't want to hold on to that anymore. Right. Like I didn't want that to be like a defining thing for me. You know, Mm -hmm. it will always be a part of who I am. That's actually conversations that I've had with some of my, um, 
you know, fertility warriors, as I like to call them in my life, right? Whether that's yeah. a friend or acquaintances or whomever, that I'm like, this will always be a part of my life, but it's not going to define me, you know? I, I won't allow it to. Hell yeah. 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 Good. Yes. I'm yeah. glad. I'm I'm really yes. glad. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? At the yeah. end of the day, you got to where you are because you were resilient about it and you didn't let it get to you because you could have just given up. Totally. You could have just been like, well, yeah. this isn't for me. I guess I'll figure something else out. <laughs> and you didn't. Yeah. No, 100%. And listen, it's not like my husband and I didn't have those conversations. It's not like we didn't talk about what are our other options. And I think that some of those options are still on the table. You know, I have some really beautiful souls in my life who are like foster mamas. And I'm like, oh, like you just melt my heart. Especially like, with I your career. That. And, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. You know, it's, and there's challenges there too, right? And there's a lot of, I think, trauma, whether you go through infertility, whether you go through fostering, adoption, there's a lot of trauma in all those different places, just different types of layers, you know? Definitely. Um, so, but yes. Our so you went through yeah. four years of that, four years yeah. of like IVF and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So we only, because of, because of the port, so I was diagnosed with poor, um, uh, diminished ovarian reserve is now the PC term, but it was basically poor egg quality. <clears throat> okay. And so when, you know, people are given this medication, they're sometimes getting, you know, 13 eggs. I was getting two, Jeez. you know, that's frustrating. So really when I say like, she is a miracle, she's a miracle, you know, but I think that also, with that being said, it was many years and we would take breaks. I mean, listen, we definitely yeah. had moments where I would say, I'm worn out. I need to take a break because it is very hard to balance. How am I there emotionally for a client when I also need to be emotionally there for myself? Right. And I would yeah. need to take those breaks um, because then I just couldn't be a good therapist to them. Like That's literally, I would find myself being like, you know, okay, I'm listening okay. to your issues, but I know yeah. that I have to do an injection in like an hour. You know what I mean? And I'm dreading it. Or, you know, maybe it's <laughs> not even going to work. Why am I doing this? Oh, but I'm here for you. You're like yeah. there, but not there, which sucks. That's very yes. responsible yeah. of you, though, to acknowledge. And as yeah. a person, it's good that you take breaks. And I know I was having a hard time. And one of the worst things that I hated hearing was don't try it'll just happen and like that's when it fucking did happen right. and it's like even more enraging and you just hate everybody still but then you have a baby and <laughs> and it doesn't matter anymore then you don't have time to worry about any of those other things anymore <laughs> i know no absolutely absolutely how long did it take you guys we tried for seven months and then I stopped because I just didn't like the process. Mm -hmm. I didn't like go through any infertility stuff. I just, you know, yeah, I wasn't sure. a fan of everything that had to happen along with it. And my body was just like, this is gross. Yeah. But <laughs> I did stop and I came home one day from a conference, like the day I got home and we had a great night. And I remember actually calling my best friend like, well, something happened tonight. So if I get pregnant, we'll know what day it happened on. <laughs> and it just, oh my happened, gosh, how to, funny. It how just funny. happened to be that day. So, you know, oh it, it happens when you least expect it sometimes. So 
Absolutely. Absolutely. But I was, I honestly, I, I was preparing for the worst because I stopped after seven months and I planned all these trips for that year because I was planning on in January starting the infertility process because it wasn't happening. Wow. So that's why I was like, let me get all this shit in. And then thankfully, so thankful that I didn't have to go through it, but I can understand like, that's what I was mentally preparing myself for. Like, all right, this is what I have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And just even from your podcast, I mean, I think about the people who you've had on here and I'm like, oh my gosh, the amount of infertility, right? On some level or another, right? Whether it's miscarriage, right? Loss, um, going through the actual um, fertility procedures. There's so many women struggling with it. It has become such a hot topic. You know, of course there's celebrities like Chrissy Teigen, right? Who's like talking about loss, talking about infertility, talking about all those things. It's beautiful. It's profound. It needs to be discussed, I think, continually a lot more, um, along with a lot of women's issues, not just infertility. We got a lot yeah. of stuff going on as women, you know, so it's like, it's, <laughs> it's conversations we're even having. I find myself even with like my young teens, right? Like not too young, but like the girls and they'll be like, oh yeah. And I, I'm having all these like inconsistent, like menses and da, 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 da. And I'm like, you need to go, you need to get these things checked out. Right. Like, I think I'm looking at even how I really, and I don't know about you, but like growing up, I totally dismissed, totally dismissed some warning signs, not even warning signs, but maybe just little signs that I should have been paying more attention to my body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was pretty, not to be like TMI, but I've always been like very regular. So like, I've never missed like okay. a period, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've been, yeah. so, that's why yeah. when I went through my labor, that's why like my whole pregnancy, I'm like, oh, everything's been fine all these years. Yeah. I've had a lot more pain than a lot of people have experienced throughout their cycles and stuff, but I should yeah. be fine, but yeah. it doesn't really work out that way sometimes when yeah. C-section <laughs> later and then you're struggling for three months. No big deal. No oh big deal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now I was going to say, are your, would your intentions be like, if you had, you know, it, you know, whatever your journey or path is with your husband and growing your family in whatever way that is, do you think that like, looking back at that, there's anything you would do differently? Um, I definitely would not have eaten as many sweets as I did when I was pregnant because I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can understand that. Sure. Aside from that, like it was disgusting. And sometimes now I have the same cravings that I had when I was pregnant. And I'm like, you're disgusting. This like, you don't even like this, but you want it right now. The sugary thing. So that's why I get, I get freaked out. Like, am I pregnant right now? (laughs) Or is this just in me forever? (laughs) Because some things just stay in there. Oh my gosh. But um yeah. It's yeah I was to- gonna say what what was the craziest thing you ate though? What was the craziest thing you ate? Yeah, I sweet wise. I, I didn't eat anything like super crazy. Um, but I do remember just like wanting things I never wanted. So in my mind, it was crazy. Like mm-hmm. I absolutely despised Twizzlers, but while I was pregnant, I was like, Yeah, I could eat that right now. I could totally eat a whole fucking bag of those. <laughs> I love Twizzlers. <laughs> I hate them. They're vile to me. But like, <laughs> but like, that's when I knew that the, that there was something with the pregnancy thing. Yeah. I'm like, you, that's that's absolutely gross. But absolutely. in terms of like 
there's really nothing different you can do because it's just the way your body works and you don't find out how it's going to work until the day that you're in labor. And like, I got to the point where I was in labor, which was cool because some people they have, you know, medical issues and they're just like, they don't have the option. So I'm thankful that I got to at least experience labor, even though it didn't, mm-hmm. you know, even though it didn't turn out the way I thought it was, I was just, I'm, I'm grateful that I could experience it, even though it wasn't great, yeah. but like, <laughs> I don't know, like, and I was saying before the podcast, like I, there is a lot of guilt and shame you put on yourself when you have a C-section yeah. and you just like, it takes a long time to work through that. Um, some people just prefer yeah. it. Some people are like, oh, I don't want anything touching my beautiful vagina. Like, you know what I mean? I don't ever want to like expand or anything. You know, some people are crazy like that. And in which case, great. I hope you have a yeah. great C-section. But for most people, you want that natural birth. You want that experience of sure. of like the trauma and then getting something great at the end <laughs> of it. So, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Absolutely. It's, it's really hard. But I mean, also like, we need to put light on what happens after pregnancy and after labor when you have that baby, because healing after pregnancy in general, like your hormones are all over the place, but like having a Mm C-section, trying to heal your body and also take care of a little baby because you don't want anybody else to take care of it. You want to be the primary caretaker still, even though like physically you can't like (laughs) sometimes. So it's absolutely it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So it is, it is. I hear you. I think that that's something that um you know I think that clients are always surprised. And I think maybe just even people in my life in general are surprised that I'm a really like transparent and very honest person. Right. And I'm like, you know, if I have postpartum, whether that's postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum just dis- dis- um, depression or t- some type of distress, right? I know, you know, the steps that I need to take, right? I know that I need to either get myself on some medication, right? Give me the good stuff. Yeah. I know Definitely. that, you know, I'm going to get myself into whatever type of therapy technique. I think because it's f- so funny as a therapist, I'm actually like, I love doing I love doing my EMDR. I love doing talk therapy with a lot of my clients, right? And doing some CBT and different skill sets. But for myself personally, I am like such a a yoga person in a lot of ways. And like my relationship with like my yoga teacher, friend, guide in a lot of ways has been so much more powerful for me to kind of overcome different emotional obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, just even like the work that her and I have done, you know, independently on like a more spiritual level, like it's just been so profound that like, I think people just tend to think, you know, like I was saying before, that there's like this one path that you have to go and you don't have to, right? Like, I don't think I want to go that path, right? Yeah. I think that my path would look like getting myself physically involved in things, moving my body a little bit more if I can, right. If I have a C-section and and I have to heal and all the above. Um, But that's where that tribe comes in, you know, like who do I lean on without your right? Like taking, take, having other people necessarily step in and take care of my child. And I feel like that's like, I read this really great quote where I don't know who had posted it, but it was great, but it was like, you know, it's like the husband 
And, you know, while his wife is breastfeeding and she's like having a breakdown, his suggestion is, well, then I'll let me take the baby from you. And that's like actually the last thing she wants, right? She wants to hold on to that baby, but she needs him to go unload the dishwasher. Yes. She needs him to go pick up the dinner. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, when I remember reading that, I turned my husband, I was like, this this, this right here, like know this that now, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It really, it really is. And yeah. like, I'm very thankful because my husband is a very hands-on parent and he like helps mm-hmm. me with whatever I need. Anything I ask, like sure. he never really gives me any pushback. So I'm very grateful for that. But I know a lot of couples, you know, yeah. maybe they don't have that with their partner, you know, yeah. some people still want to be a yeah. little macho, like, no, I'm not changing any diapers. I'm not doing this. I'm like, yeah. But why? Like, why? Not, why wouldn't you want to help out? Why wouldn't you want to make the situation sure. better? Can you take this fucking sure. laundry downstairs? Can you do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Or don't give me the option to take my child from me who I'm trying to bond with and connect <sighs> with. And instead, like, do the other things that maybe I don't want to do in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it is the dishwasher or the laundry or getting dinner or whatever it is. Like, let, don't it doesn't have to be like, I'll take the baby as if the baby is the problem, right? Right, That's, that's right. not often what it is. Very And you're true. right, our hormones are messed up postpartum for like a year to two years afterwards. So especially when you're, you're breastfeeding. just getting out of it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's like, it's really hard because it's like, obviously, people tell you what it's going to be like, but until you go through it, you don't know, like she didn't want to latch, you know, like maybe th- these are just too big for her too intimidating. I don't know what it was. I wasn't producing a lot because like, she was too much mom too much too much. I don't even know where to put my head right now. I can't I can't breathe. Um, but like, but it's just like, that affects your milk flow. And I wasn't producing a lot. And to be honest with you, the most traumatizing part of having your baby afterwards is pumping, pumping your breasts. You, you just, you, you've, some people describe it like you're a cow being milked. Okay, cool. Yeah. But like there is a machine pumping, trying to pump the life out of you, which is like, so oh. annoying because you have to do it like six to eight times a day sometimes you know what i mean and it's like you have to make sure you're on time you have to make sure that you're drinking enough water you have to make sure you're doing this you're doing that but if you have like just a straight mm-hmm. breastfeeding baby like the milk flows better it's it's a more bonding yeah. experience with your kids so it's like very very stressful to do the pumping thing and i did it for yeah. six months and i was oh, like yeah. no i'm gonna do it because this is what i'm supposed to do if i have another baby and they don't oh. latch maybe i'll do it for like two or three months but i will not do it after that if it's not working because mm-hmm. it was not worth the stress it wasn't worth yeah. like the time to to put it i had to i got like car chargers so i could do it in the car if i was out like <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are no get get it off of you formula is totally. fine there's nothing wrong with formula yeah. <laughs> some people yeah, are very no, against the formula absolutely. thing too so it's like <sighs> it's there's a lot that goes into it and then you have all that, that. Best in our opinion plus, yeah plus all your trauma from like your childhood or like when you're growing up so you're just putting yeah. everything all into one so it's like there's a lot yeah going on during that time of your life <laughs> yeah well it's amazing because like you know even in signing up for like my registry right i'm going through 
I'm talking to my girlfriends and I'm talking to my sister and I'm talking to my cousin's wife and, and I'm talking to all these people and they're like, get this, don't get this. Okay. And then that con- contradicts with what this person was just telling me to get. And mm-hmm. it was, I will tell you that like, actually the most stressful part of my pregnancy fo- so far has been putting together the registry and then picking <laughs> a breast pump because I was like these selections and literally people have such strong opinions about breast pumps. They're like, oh, yeah. don't get this one. Make sure you get this one. Well, I'm not about to spend $800 on a breast pump that I might no. not even be able to use. So no. it was just, it's amazing. And honestly, like my husband and I, you know, it's so funny because we're taking this class and it's a breastfeeding class. And it said like, you know, partners don't need to come. And I was like, you're coming. And I literally was like, you know, <laughs> you need to come because I like, I could see myself in that moment of being like hormonal, stressed out, sleep deprived and be like, what am I supposed to be doing again? You know, they're and not latching. They need to outside. eat. And no, I don't know what no, else to do. No, right? <laughs> and like needing that outside perspective to be like, okay, like, let's try this. Let's try this different hold. Um, it's so funny how like men will like zoom in on certain things. And so like, we were at like, we have a midwife. And so we were at our midwife's office and he was like, oh, like, what do you think of like that position? Like the football position or the, this position or the, and I was like, how are you like tuned into this right now? Like, I'm like, not even there right now. And he's like, what about this idea? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, no, it really is. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it, but it's also awesome. (laughs) It is right. I was more so like, why didn't I think about like the rugby hold? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that rugby hold thing. Sure. Right. right, Yeah. Um, But honestly, like you could do, you you could do all the practice you want. It just depends on what your baby's going to do, unfortunately. And it sucks because it's like, you're like, oh, no, I definitely think this is going to be the best way. And they're like, no, I don't want to be held that way. No. <laughs> oh and God. then I had to go to a lactation specialist afterwards because I was getting frustrated, you know, because I wanted yeah. to do it the right way. Like I couldn't give birth the right way. At least let me be able to freaking breastfeed. They're big enough. You would think they'd fill up enough, but that oh. doesn't mean anything that you find out afterwards, you know. <laughs> doesn't mean anything Gosh, so, so many lies since sixth grade so many lies so many lies our bodies so that many lies was so unhelpful no <laughs> what you gave me pads cool thank thank you so much for making it even more awkward let me carry these pads around with all the little boys around too cool great no i mean they were the size of diapers at that time oh so my god they were horrible real. they were not cute and just scream. horrible no yeah, i i buy those great. like thin always ones you know and they give these like they're like this thick like how am i supposed to wear that oh god the lies it's the lies and the deceit that we just come across in life and then you're an adult and you get even more pissed about it because you're like what the fuck man (laughs) why couldn't you just be honest oh my gosh (laughs) it's true it's so true and i'll tell you even now as i'm going through pregnancy and hearing all like my different friends experiences or professionals and their opinions and sometimes reading these books and I'm like, is this even going to happen for me? Right. Or watching the YouTube videos that I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was their birth experience. And some of them can look so beautiful. And then other times they can look so horrific. And you're just yeah. like, where am I going to fall in the beautiful versus the horrific? Right. You, but, won't, um, know. you won't know. You won't know. <laughs> you won't know. You won't know. You won't know. All I can say is, right. I'm going to just have to do like, a. Yes. 
Yes, I was going to say, all I can say is pack your bags and pretend like you're going to be there for four or five days. That's all I'm saying. And oh also goodness. a huge PSA. I loved the Depends afterwards because you have to like wear. I know this is also TMI. You have to yes. like wear things because you bleed for a little while afterwards. Like the Depends were life changing. Don't worry about pads. Mm -hmm. Put on some Depends and then throw that shit away when you're done. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's good tips, right? No one really yeah. talked to me about the depends yet. So you're the first yeah. one. So I'll oh, take it and I'll run with that. But yes, I think and like you, yeah. if you don't have a vaginal birth, you don't need those like pad things. You don't need to like freeze anything. Like your vagina is like feeling fine. It's your stomach that's the issue. So like mm -hmm. I was prepared with all these things, a little squirt bottle, the this, the that. I was going to make the frozen pads so my vagina oh. would feel good. I didn't need any of it. I didn't need any of it. <laughs> I wasn't really prepared for the C-section. And there's, I guess, nothing you really uh, can do for that. But like, no. I don't know. I went overboard. And no. I'm just glad that I packed for a couple of days. And like, bring your own dresses, yeah. like some flowy dresses, like the button-down yeah. ones. Like, you don't want to be in like okay. the hospital gowns. Like, it just doesn't. No. I don't know. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. <laughs> True. For sure. For sure. You know, we're just, we're riding right now. We're just going to ride this wave and just see, you know, it's funny because I think truthfully, having gone through years of infertility, something that like I often will like still kind of get stuck on is will this happen? Right? Like, so I know she's in there and I know I'm going into my third trimester next week and I'll be 28 weeks. But I got to tell you, there is always that, right? It kind of goes back to my own trauma of going through infertility and having so many failed experiences. Yeah. There is always that piece of, will this actually happen for us? You know, and it takes a lot of patience, a lot of redirecting. Um, so it's so, in some ways, it's like, I think that I, I do these things, like looking forward to like the future of like watching these birth stories, which I really need to cut down on. I mean, I, I really need do. to cut I down really on those. do. <laughs> Maybe look for like birthing positions, um, not the stories. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's so real. It's so real. Yeah. But I think like even with that piece, it's just trying to, I think, prepare myself or, or refocus, right? That like this will happen, right? Almost kind of like that manifestation. You have um, to, you have you to know, stay positive, is, even like because of yeah. what you went through, because if you're not positive, yeah, then you're not gonna like, what if this is your only pregnancy you have, you know, you don't want to make yeah. it miserable for yourself. Yeah. And like, after I had my C-section, yeah, I'm like, what if that's the only one? What if I don't want to do this again? You know, because in my mind, I'm still like, yeah. do you just, do you really want to go through that again? Like, but also like, what if it's natural the second time? Who knows? Yeah. You just, you don't yeah. know. Yeah. So don't make it miserable totally. for yourself. Enjoy it as much as you can. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we're doing. That's all, that's all we're doing right now. And the great thing is we're getting into summer. We're getting into a little bit more, do I say, normalcy, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're, right? we're starting to, to experience life, I think, again, a little bit, right? And so I think that in these next like few months, you know, and really, let's be real. I mean, did Jasmine come early or late? Late. Late. She was like a week late. see. Oh, I'm so pissed about it because like she was, was she was due on July 3rd. She wasn't there until like the 9th. Oh, 
And I was hoping for July oh 4th because then everybody would celebrate her birthday every year. And like, there's millions of parties. Oh, Where do you want to go? That's some selfishness right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also my some half selfish birthday. stuff right there. <laughs> it's my half birthday. So I'm like, oh, oh I'll have this goodness. thing. And it's like, nope. No, that's that's nice that you thought that that was going to happen, but you're just going to be miserable that last week. Okay. So <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. No, I mean, but it's like really though, right? Like in those last, like that last trimester, you're like, okay, like we probably have like a month into it, and then it's kind of go time. You know, like when you kind of get to that, like I feel like thirty. 34 week time they're like starting to talk to you a little bit more so of like they can happen at any time I think after 36 weeks that's when they're like if the baby comes at any time you'll be okay and they'll be okay you know what I mean like that's like the safe zone I feel like yeah, you know, and, and then I've known sure. people that are like two or three months early and their babies have survived you know it just it just depends beautiful just depends so keep a positive attitude you know it's been it's been good for you so far and you'll be in my thoughts i'm sending some good energy through you for you (laughs) through the rest of your pregnancy when are you due so i'm due september 1st but i gotta tell you august 26th keeps coming to my mind oh any do you want it to be on that day or that just like that's like what you're getting funny and you know what? I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of getting an August 26th kind of vibe. What's funny though is that, like, ever since we found out that our due date was September 1st, my family, right? So, like, my sister, my mother, her husband, they've all been like wishing <laughs> for us to have an August baby because we have my mother's um, wedding anniversary. She's remarried. Um, we have my sister, my nephew's. Um, birthday we have other people's birthdays it's like they're basically like oh no like september's packed and i'm like oh um it's like not like we have a choice necessarily right (laughs) so but for some reason you know (laughs) i'm feeling like she could be an august baby so we'll see you'll you'll be the one to tell i mean you would know better yeah. than anybody else. So you never know. I like really hope yeah. it's on August 26th now just for your own like, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Well, I'll tell you, I knew she was a girl before I knew she was a girl. Oh, yeah. I oh, feel like it was like a very strong feeling. I feel like I knew she was a girl as well. I also wanted a girl yeah. and I went through some shit oh. finding out that she was a girl and everything was fine. But um, I was just like, yes, 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 it's a girl. Yes, I was right. Thankful. Thank yes. God. Thank you. Whoever yes. it is, whoever it is that decided this was going to yes. happen. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's funny because I actually kind of growing up when I'm growing up, but because of my nephews, I've gotten so used to be around boys that I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have boys. Right. So I was like really emotionally prepared. And I was kind of like, yeah, I don't. I don't think I want a girl. Like that's I remember being a young girl. That was like super complicated. <laughs> there was like a lot of things going on in my body. Yeah. You know, girls were kind of mean at times too. Like I just was not like a fan, right? Yeah. But it's funny because as time went on, the idea of her being like as soon as we got pregnant and me just being like, I feel like it's a girl was like 
just something that I like relaxed into a little bit more. And I'm just kind of at this place now of relax, like Good. we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I, I definitely wanted yeah. one because like I have a stepson, the ex that I had, yeah. he had a son, like I had my nephew, like I was just kind of like sick of the boy thing. So I'm like yeah. very thankful that I had the girl and you know, it will bite me in the yeah. ass when she's a teenager. And I know that knowing is half the battle. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. We can't be in denial for like the rest of our lives. Yeah. We'd be like, Oh yeah, they'll have some teen stuff. They'll have yeah. friends stuff. It'll be there. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Slam the door on me again? Cause you're upset. Oh, cool. Here it comes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. Oh my gosh, I, how I sad it. is that? I'm like, I'm like, you tapped into my brain when I would like get into fights with my mom. I'd be like, I'm getting, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of this car now. Like, where was I going? I, I don't think I was going? going anywhere. Where are right? you going? Like, you have a flip phone. You don't even have GPS on it. Where were you going? <laughs> and I didn't. I was gonna say, and I didn't have minutes. No, it was the worst. It wasn't after eight o'clock. Uh, no, no. <laughs> And like the stupid oh attitude gosh. that you give your mom, like, who, who are you? Oh, who are you to be talking to your mother like that? Like, if she does it to I me, know. I'm going to get so pissed. But then I have to like, think about myself. Like, you were there. What you happened? Too. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm excited. I'm excited to like, see what she looks like. Because that's the most yeah. exciting part. Wait, did you get to the anatomy scan yet? Oh, yeah. It's what, what week is that at? 20 weeks? That's 20. That's 20. 20. Weeks. Yeah. Everything's good. She is. Yeah. We had a bit of dues. We had some medical concerns with her at one point where, you know, we had to go to maternal fetal medicine. They had seen some like dilated ventricles in her brain. I will tell you though, Danbury hospital maternal fetal medicine was like phenomenal in the sense that, I mean, the doctor kind of lacked bedside manners, which I'm never like, you know, I'm never necessarily <laughs> surprised by him, but what I will say was interesting is, you know, like her and I had like an MRI together. Right. And like, I just remember being in that like big noisy machine and I'm not even kidding you. I think I was like, cause you know, you can't even like hear anything going on around you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is the best way for us to like, you know, just be able to look at her ventricles a little bit more. I was just like singing to her. I'm not even kidding you. I was like singing to her and just being like, I don't know what I was singing. It was probably like something on the radio that I just like listened to, but I was just like singing to her because I was just like, I can't even imagine that in utero, you're going through like your first MRI right now. Yeah. And like, I'm able to be here and I'm able to like protect you in whatever way I can. Um, but it was amazing. You know, they did their due diligence. And when we actually went a few weeks after that, everything had just normalized. And that's the cool thing about babies, right? Is like they do some funky stuff in utero and then like things turn out fine. And mm -hmm. so I have to tell you, in pregnancy, it's taught me to slow down a little bit more and realize that like, if she can overcome some of this stuff, so can I with like symptoms, you know, the tough days, the struggles, whatever. So it's very interesting. The best thing I will say to anyone is like, especially a woman who's going through pregnancy or, or, or has a child or whatever it is, like you learn so much from them. You, yeah. you know, I'm already learning so much from her and yeah. I hope that she just continues to teach me as I hope I can teach her too. You just know? wait, just wait. <laughs> yes. Actually this week, yes. the theme for this week is okay. So my week has been shit. 
Okay, I'm five days late on my yeah. period. I am never late. I'm also not pregnant because I took a test yesterday. So oh, everything's fine. Just my body to us all. <laughs> oh no, my body just hates me right now. I guess this is this is what I'm. Oh. What I've, what I've come down to because sure. there's no other reason sure. for it at this point. Also, sure. so on top of yeah. that, my husband got sick three days ago and I isolated him. So we've never done that before. Like I've never, we, none of us have ever isolated, <laughs> but I was just like, I don't want to get sick yeah. and I don't want her to get sick right now. Like we're just starting yeah. the summertime and yeah. like, so I isolated him. So I've been like a single parent for the last three days, which is tough uh, to all you exhausting. single parents out exhausting. there. You deserve an award and a vacation because I don't know how the hell you do it. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. We're all clapping for you. Yeah. Oh man. And she's like, mm. like, I'm I work and he doesn't right now. He's looking for a job. So he's kind of like the primary caretaker. So I think she was just going through some shit with missing him this week throwing tantrums more yeah. than she ever has ever throwing herself on the floor, which is a new thing. I'm like, where, where are you getting this from? Are you so angry at this point that this is what you need to do? And I'm just like, I just like, I don't even, cause I can't touch you cause you're going to freak out even more. So I have to learn how to deal with this, you know? And I don't, sure, I know there's a whole bunch sure, going yeah. on, but the biggest piece this week was I gave her a popsicle. She's obsessed with pops, popsicles. Um, and it, she was having a tantrum. So I gave her one and she, she got, she calmed down a little, but then it broke and she couldn't get it back together. And then she freaked out even more. And I'm like, Oh, you think this is bad? Just wait till you're an adult when things break emotionally, physically, like, and you can't put them back together. So like in my mind, I'm having like revelations. I'm like, okay, like, how am I going to teach her that it's okay? Like, (laughs) When when mentally yeah. I'm like I'm breaking right now I'm like oh my god this is like this is how you become a totally. good mom like you have to relate things to yeah. how they're gonna be when they're adults so you can help them work through it so that was my Absolutely. revelation for this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so fabulous connecting with you again. Definitely, definitely. I'm thank you yeah. so much for coming on my podcast. I was really, I was, I know we've had thank a little scheduling hiccups. I'm sorry about that. My life is oh, a shit yeah. show now. It but. happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. This totally. is also like, the flow of it. yeah, yeah, this was also a very enlightening conversation. I hope that whoever's listening can relate, can take something away from it. There is help if you want help. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to ask for help because more than likely we're all going through it. I mean, I mean, there are some situations that might be a little different, but more than likely we are all suffering. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, it's amazing. The one thing I will say to people just listening is try out anything and everything when it comes to therapy and when it comes to therapists, because people sometimes stick with therapists and they're not the right fit. Okay. So like trust your gut because your gut knows. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I second that. For sure. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. This was great. And I, I'm very excited to have a relationship with you again. I'm definitely going to be following you (laughs) throughout your pregnancy. I can't wait to see your little girl, see what she looks like. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for just being a phenomenal host. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know, and I, and I hope (laughs) I hope that your body just continues to love you moving forward. 
Yeah, if you can send some, what is that, ED, whatever, can you send some of those? EMDR? Energy, yeah, EMDR? can you send yes. some of that to yes. me so I can just get my period sure. and be done with this, sure. please? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, for sure. For sure. Thank you. Um, if anybody is interested in her services, I will provide her link now. Um, let me just pull it up real quick. IFCCounselingServices.com. That's where you can find yes. her website. That's where you can reach out to her. Um, if anybody's yeah. interested, she's a great person to talk to. And I think you'd really benefit from it. So hit her up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I hope everybody's enjoyed this conversation. I know I have. Again, if you want to be on my show, if you're interested in hearing about anything else, let me know. So thank you so much for watching. You're the best.